0: hey friends it's me your friend your other trainer your anime con goer, ryan geyser back with another episode of I wanna watch the very best because gotta watch them all was taken so as I said in the last episode I was at anime Boston two weekends ago and I also last weekend drove to New York City and back in one day it was a wild trip so I'm just gonna i'm just gonna talk about those real quick because it's it's my show. So Anime Boston was a fun time. Um, Honestly, it wasn't as extravagant or fun as NYC, I feel. I I think Anime NYC was just more fun for me and my friend, but I had a good time regardless. Um, I did get some stuff. I got a lot less than I was expecting, but I got some stuff. Um, I also went to the Lava Panel, the loud, annoying, very annoying guys with Max Middleman, Robbie Damon, and Ray Chase. They are improv guys. I feel like I've talked about them on here before, but if I haven't, uh, their show is great. I had a lot of fun going to their show. It was 100% worth it to go. It was the funniest thing I had seen in a long time. And honestly, it would feel like something I would pay for tickets for, but we just got them for free as part of the con. And I'm so glad I talked my friend into going. He, he was so close to not going, but he finally went, and he had a great time. Honestly, the biggest part of the convention for me was just seeing people I haven't seen in a while. I saw one friend, he stayed with me to go to the convention, and he had a fun time. And then we also talked another friend into going, and it was his first convention ever, I think. And it was just nice to see both of them again, and there was also... A guy I haven't seen since, like, college, and he was just staffing the event. I'm like, oh, surprise, hi, how are you doing? So it was a good time, but there just aren't too many talking points about it, honestly. I got some autographs, I saw a fun show, and uh, that, that was it. I did get some merch, but it's not too much worth talking about. In other news, last weekend, I went to New York City, and it was a rough drive. It was like four hours there, five hours back, all on two hours of sleep because I had to go right from work to there, basically. In the ride back, I actually parked at some random strip mall off the first exit I could find because I was getting so tired, I needed a nap. I took a 20-minute nap. I don't even know what state I was in. I was just so tired, I needed to rest to make it home safely. But I'm alive, I'm here, I'm all good. I also stopped by the Nintendo store because I was in NYC. I had to stop by there. It's just a uh, something you got to do. I did not give, I did not care about anything else in Times Square. I just wanted to go to the Nintendo store, see if they had anything fun, brag to my friends that I was there and leave. I actually did end up getting a couple things there. I got a uh, big squishy Pikachu like ball. It was, it's great. I saw it and it was really smushed and looked funny. I'm like, you are mine now. I also got a little Bowser pin, some Super Mushroom candies, and a reusable shopping bag. It has been a very eventful couple weekends, and next weekend I'm going to visit my grandma, so I'm going to try to edit stuff there, but if I'm not able to get next week's episode out, or if I'm like one Pokemon episode short in that one, please forgive me. I'm going to spend time with my grandma, I haven't seen her in a while, and I'll try to work, but I, I can't guarantee it'll get done. I will try my best, though. I will try to get something done while I'm at my grandma's. So that's about it for this week. Let's jump right into today's first episode. Go! Episode 55, Pokemon Paparazzi. I think that's how the song goes, right? Synopsis. Ash and the group meet the famous Pokemon photographer, Todd Snap. Who is determined to take a picture of Pikachu. But could this whole thing actually be a scheme by Team Rocket? Our heroes all rest by a stream to eat, Misty feeding Togepi a rice ball and Ash actually calling them rice balls for once instead of donuts. Probably because the very next shot has Brock scooping out what is very clearly rice in the dramatic display of cooking. None of the group notice that a large camera lens peeks from the bush, aiming it at Pikachu. Ash sees it glint in the sun, however, and thinking that it's a sniper about to shoot Brock shoves everyone to the ground, causing the photographer to lose his shot. By the way, that's not a goof, Ash legitimately thinks it's a sniper rifle scope that's about to kill Brock. Upset at Ash ruining their lunch by knocking the rice in the water, Brock yells at the trainer, followed by a very echoey and abruptly cut Pikachu doing the same. As Misty comforts her crying Togepi, Ash points to where he saw the glint, none of his party believing him. Ash then angrily has Squirtle spray the spot, causing a young boy with a camera to jump up and beg the Pokemon to stop. Ash then demands to know why he was spying on them, with the boy introducing himself as Todd, and angrily saying that he wasn't spying, he was trying to secretly photograph Ash's Pikachu. So... spying. You don't have the right to get mad at getting a little wet because of that. After Brock wonders why he didn't just ask, Todd says that he didn't want the picture to look staged, and that's what makes him a Pokemon Photo Master! In order to cover for another untranslatable joke where Todd wears a Blastoise mask due to its name and camera sounding similar in Japanese, the dub plays this line. I am the number one Pokemon Photo Master! Did, Did he say? Masker? That's right, I'm the... Not masker, I said master! Todd then invites the trio to his house, and brags that he's one of the only people to have ever photographed Aerodactyl. Ash then notices that the photo of the Pokemon is actually from when he was kidnapped by it. Amazing Todd. See, I told you. That's me getting carried away by that Aerodactyl. I guess you're right. That puny little thing really is you. Puny? Hmm. It's incredible how two people can be brought together by a single photograph. It's funny when you think about it. You're in the picture and nobody knows who you are and I take your picture and I'm world famous! Yeah, that's real hysterical. In order to make up for scaring Ash earlier, he offers to make the group a breakfast of pancakes. Despite the group having been just eating lunch earlier, meaning this is like late afternoon at least, he also vows to get a good picture of Pikachu. Todd keeps trying for that pick, but Pikachu seems really awkward about it, and when he finally snaps it, Pikachu electrocutes him in response. Pikachu seems sorry for it, but Ash just laughs at him. Todd tries again, but gives up since it's not a natural-looking pose. Misty then asks why it matters, and Todd points to some photos on the wall, saying that Pokemon acting naturally gives him photos of them at their most happy and peaceful states. Ash, Misty, and Brock then offer their other Pokemon for the camera, but Todd says that he only wants Pikachu for now. Being asked why, he keeps really secretive of the reason. Ash grumpily says he can try his best, but it'll be hard. The trio then heads out, Todd following the group while hiding, recalling two old people who are totally not Team Rocket asking him to capture Pikachu, specifically Ash's, as the woman's dying wish. Todd agrees to this, with Not James asking that he keep the request a secret. Team Rocket, meanwhile in the present, furiously eats while Jesse asks where Meowth even heard about Todd, being told that a magazine said he was the best at capturing Pokemon. And he even showed the team a photo album of all the Pokemon he's taken, none of them realizing that their definitions are very different as Jesse and James fight over the last bit of steak. Uh, Let me uh, have it! I need protein! (laughs) Uh,
1: You're not
0: acting like a nice old lady! Aha, That's because I'm not nice! Or old! Time to lose this guy's disguise! Surprise, surprise! surprise. surprise. Yeah, right! (sighs) What a twist! We then get a montage of Todd failing to take pictures of Pikachu, Ash taunting him about it the whole time. And to be fair, it is his fault, since he yells and reveals himself before actually even getting the picture. Like, imagine walking up to a squirrel and screaming, then being upset it ran away before he could take a picture. Like, it's just, Todd, this is your fault. Team Rocket also prepares a pitfall, for some reason, since they seemed pretty confident in Todd. James thinks he hit something, but Jesse quickly calls him out, the trio putting on their old person disguise, incorrectly at first and then fixing it to meet up with Todd again. He apologizes for not getting Pikachu yet, and James almost reveals the trap before being dragged away. We're sure you'll get it sooner or later. And just as a little insurance policy, we even dug this trap! (laughs) (laughs) Hahaha! Noticing the fresh, soft dirt, Todd decides to set up near there and wait, as Ash's group approaches. Ash, not realizing Todd's nearby, remarks that he doesn't even care for the Pokemon's feelings, before falling into the pitfall. Misty and Brock keep walking and also fall in, like a bunch of goobers. Team Rocket is overjoyed to see their trap work, excitedly waiting for Todd to do his thing but instead is about to throw down the rope, then tries to photograph a happy Pikachu, to Team Rocket's confusion. The two then angrily ask Meowth what's going on, and he double checks the magazine, sheepishly realizing that he was the best at capturing Pokemon on film! Ah! <laughs> With his teammates punching him into the sky, Todd finally manages to get a good picture of Pikachu. As Ash and his Pokemon are just kind of sitting at the bottom of the pit with dumb smiles on their faces, despite knowing that Todd is up there, like, why is Pikachu just now comfortable with this? But suddenly, the spot that James hit earlier begins to crumble. Todd begs the group to get onto the rope quickly, but the ground under Ash collapses, dropping them into a rapidly flowing water drainage pipe. As Ash and Pikachu hold close to each other, Todd jumps in after them, running along a walkway and warning them that a drop is coming. Realizing there's nothing for them to grab, Todd sticks out his camera and tripod, Ash grabbing the camera strap at the last second, becoming suspended at the top of the waterfall. Ash is surprised that Todd sacrificed his camera, and he tries to pull the trainer and his Pokemon up. When suddenly, to the side, he hears the elderly couple who reveal themselves! Meowth grabs Pikachu in an extending net, and James starts throwing bombs at Todd and Ash, causing Todd to start slipping. Just as James is about to throw one final bomb, Ash has an idea. He pulls a Scooby Doo trick. And the final pitch! Hold it! Huh? Huh? Okay, everybody! You're going to love this shot. <laughs> What's the magic word? Cheese! Oh, let me just take the shine off. Now look to the right. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, look at my face. You ruined the shot. During the distraction, Todd finishes pulling Ash up, letting the trainer send out Bulbasaur. Having it use Razor Leaf, Pikachu is freed from the rubber net, and Bulbasaur then vine-whips Team Rocket, causing them to run into a nearby river. They jump in for safety, only to realize too late that it leads right to another waterfall! Oh no! They all freeze-frame mid-air for Jessie to do this. A waterfall! (laughs) But first, a poem. Team Rocket drifted down the stream, and now we scream! Todd and Ash are found by Brock and Misty, while Pikachu rejoins its trainer, almost making Ash fall off the waterfall again, but he catches himself. Misty wonders why Todd and Ash are acting so friendly suddenly, with Ash saying it's because they're friends, as they both like Pokemon. Todd agrees to take a photo of the group, despite not really taking pictures of humans that often, rushing over after setting the timer, but slipping on a dropped rice ball and slamming into the group, giving him a much more fun and candid picture as the episode fades out. This was a pretty fine way to include Pokemon Snap in the anime, I think. It's not often the side games get a spot in the main series, I think the only other one really being the Pokemon Ranger episodes and movie. And it's also kind of interesting that Todd is actually going to just hang around with the group for the next couple of episodes, and even reappears for an episode in Generation 2. They really give this kid some love. Considering how well the Pokemon Snap remake did, I wouldn't be surprised to see Todd show up once more in a contemporary episode either. Maybe one day. Overall, a decent episode, with just enough good moments to keep you interested. Episode 56, The Ultimate Test! Synopsis, learning of a test that allows people to challenge the Pokemon League regardless of the badges they have, Ash decides to give it a shot. Team Rocket also secretly tries out as well, but the test seems to be harder and trickier than any of them anticipated. Sitting down to eat, Todd still with them, Misty offhandedly asks why Ash hasn't gotten the badge yet, causing the boy to choke, and adding that he could make another gym leader feel sorry for him. Now come on, that's not fair. He did legitimately earn two of them through battle, and arguably deserved six of them regardless for other reasons. Only Brock and your sister stoop to pity party level. Upset at the sass, Ash challenges Misty to a battle. Pikachu tries to stop him, and Todd takes some picks. He then mentions that if Ash wants to prove himself so badly, he should take the Pokemon League admissions exam. The narrator then explains that, usually, trainers travel to various gyms and get badges to challenge the league. A man with a funny accent then tells Ash's group that another option is possible. Take a written and practical test. If someone passes, they're allowed to enter the Pokemon League right away, getting a fancy badge to prove it. Here at the Pokemon League Admission Center, we evaluate applicants based on a combined written and practical skills exam. And those who pass receive this badge qualifying them for the Pokemon League. Oh. Oh. Todd, meanwhile, photographs a random girl. I actually like this concept a lot. It presents a way for people who can't travel to enter the league, like people with disabilities, old age, illnesses, and overprotective families. It's also a way for people who can't afford the Pokemon Tech School to prove their skills as well without having to pay all the money. Gen 1 really had fun adding tiny little extra bits to the world's lore, a lot of them being really nice inclusions, like the Tech School, the Admissions Exam, and the League Committee. It adds a lot of life to the world. Given his badge number, the lucky number 7, a girl that is totally not Jessie comments that she wanted 7, before noticing Ash staring and quickly filling out her form again. (laughs) ha <laughs> uh, age? Seventeen. Profession? Diva. That girl looks familiar. Brock then sees and chases a Nurse Joy, but before Ash can follow, he's asked to leave his Pokemon at the desk, as he's not allowed to use his own for the test. The group then goes over to talk to the Joy, who says that she's from Fuchsia City, and is also taking the test since she can't find time to get away from work to challenge the gyms. And yes, she does speak with that slight southern accent. A nerdy looking man who is definitely not James from Team Rocket enters and, seeing Ash, quickly scuttles up to Jesse at the counter. After having his name read out loud, Jesse notices him, but James doesn't realize it's her and calls her old. Your name is James! <laughs> Will huh? you please keep it down? Is that. <laughs> hey, get lost, old bat! Huh? Old bat? <gasps> <gasps> ha- <Yeah! gasps> What are you? Unhand me, you! Please let me go! Come on! Oh. So, I'm an old bat, am I? You're Jessie? That outfit is atrocious. The two both explain to each other that they individually snuck away from the team to secretly take the test, as James dreams of becoming a Pokémon master, Well, Jessie just wants to add another skill to her resume. Meowth then also jumps in out of nowhere, calling the two out on their lies. Meow! What are you doing here? Looking for you? The one who suddenly remembered an important engagement? This seems suspiciously unlike a visit to your sick uncle's bedside. Uh... And I thought you had a dental appointment. Well, I... It was just such a beautiful day. We decided to have a picnic! Don't try to fool me! <laughs> oh! You <gotta laughs> clean! What are you doing here? James then throws some yarn to distract Meowth, and the two rush off to their exam. Inside, each trainer is given a computer and asked to answer true or false questions, like Lickitung's tongue length, how Pokemon evolve, and Hitmonlee's nickname. Ash very loudly announces all of his answers. Hitmonlee is also known as the punching demon. Let's see, it's either Hitmonlee or Hitmonchan that's the puncher. Uh, I think it's true! A question about Magikarp causes James to angrily recall his. He then sees Jessie very calmly answering every question quickly, assuming she must be really good at this. But in actuality, she's just guessing true for everything, since she'll get half of them right. The next portion of the written exam is identifying Pokemon through their silhouette. And yes, the first one is the infamous Jigglypuff as seen from above question where they show a circle, everyone guesses Voltorb, Electrode, or a Pokeball, and are all proven immediately wrong, despite the fact that the 3D model shows that Jigglypuff is 100% not a perfect circle as seen from above. The next question shows a spiral. James and Jesse guess pretty far off with Almanite and an Arbok coiled up, but Ash guesses Poliwag. The correct answer was Poliwhirl, though, as the spiral is the wrong direction for polywag, as every trainer knows. The test then continues to be rigged when it shows a flaming tail, Ash guessing Charmander when the correct answer is Ponyta. Jessie then stands up and demands he ask a question that she can actually answer. She basically says, we won't use any of this outside of class and the exam proctor says that she must know everything about Pokémon to be one with them, before they both angrily but mutually agree she should leave. She kicks a sleeping Meowth, and declares her plan to enact revenge on the exam, before we see the test results. Nurse Joy was near the top of the chart, while Ash and James got the lowest scores, only slightly above Jesse Zero from being disqualified. Todd takes photos of it, saying it's a fun souvenir! But Ash doesn't lose hope, saying he's sure he'll do better in the battle portion. James also vows to avenge Jesse by doing well too. The trainers are all brought outside, Nurse Joy doing really well on her battle off screen. The Proctor tells them they'll get three random Pokemon, as the test examines their adaptability along with their skill. James goes first, sending out a Pikachu, to his and the rest of Team Rocket's surprise. He is confident he'll do well, since he's been beaten by Pikachu so many times he knows their attacks by heart. The Proctor sends out Graveler, and James has Pikachu use Thunderbolt, loving how it felt to say that himself, but disappointed when the electric move doesn't affect a ground type, having Pikachu attacked, fly back, and hit his face. James, in a fury, sends out the other two Pokemon, a Charizard and Ivysaur, at the same time. Causing him to also be disqualified. With these I can win. Now what do you say? Good <laughs> Goodbye! Bye. It's against the rules to use two Pokémon at once. I never play by them. Huh? You're expelled, will get out! He failed again! Don't think of it as failing, think of it as not succeeding! Ash is up next. The Proctor sends out Flareon, while Ash sends out the Wheezing. His random Pokémon starts by dodging some fire blasts, but then uses smog to create a small explosion, pushing the Flareon back. His opponent tries to use Leer, but Ash has his Pokémon use Smoke Screen to block it, finishing Flareon with a tackle. I guess Ash is a pretty good battler after all. Even Team Rocket could win if they fought like that. Hurry, take notes, take notes. The next Pokémon sent out is Jolteon, with Ash getting Arbok. He remembers that it knows Glare just in time to stop Jolteon's agility, but Arbok's follow-up rap attack fails when it gets jabbed on Jolteon's spiky fur. As a result, Arbok faints from a Thundershock. Ash's final Pokemon is Meowth, and as he tries to recall Meowth's attacks, Team Rocket's Meowth yells for him to use Fury Swipes. The final opponent is Big Shock, a Vaporeon. Ash tries to have it use fury swipes as advised, but an ice beam freezes Meowth before it even has the chance. Ash laments losing so quickly, before Team Rocket's Meowth jumps over and claws his face for failing to use Meowth correctly, apologizing to his fellow cat for the failure and freeing them from the ice. The Proctor tries to catch this strange talking Meowth, but his ball is blasted by fire, electricity, and vines, with Team Rocket revealing themselves, commanding their loaned Pokémon. In order to get revenge for failing the test, instead of just stealing these rare and super powerful Pokémon, they decide to instead have them attack Mr. Exam Man. Ash is prepared to defend himself, but the Proctor orders the three opposing Pokemon to about-face and attack Team Rocket instead, since, yeah, they listen to the Proctor, who is actually their trainer. Ash then helps out with his borrowed Pokemon as well, each one attacking their matching Rocket member, having Weezing finish them all with an explosion, launching the Rockets away. The Proctor apologizes to everyone, saying that due to Team Rocket's interference, everyone needs to retake the exam. He then offers Ash another chance at it, confident he'll pass this time. Ash declines, however, saying that he'd prefer to get badges and see the world than complete one silly test. Misty, in a very rare instance, actually compliments Ash's battling skill, saying the test may have been worth it after all just for the new experience. The group, minus Todd, walks away waving. Todd then runs up to the entrance, covered in burn marks and holding a scuffed Meowth, asking where Ash is. It's not stated in English, but in the original, he's like this because he accidentally got blown up by Weezing too. The Meowth then talks, however, and the Proctor tries to catch him again, causing Meowth to run away while Team Rocket realizes that they have the wrong cat as well. I like this episode, it was a fun one. I've already talked about my enjoyment with the lore edition, so there's no need for that to be repeated. And also, I know I goofed on how rigged the test was, but I do appreciate the goofs. They are very chuckle-worthy. So yeah, not much more to say other than this is a fun episode that I recommend. Up next, we're going to watch episode 57, The Breeding Center Secret. Synopsis. Our heroes learn about a new Pokemon breeding center that takes care of Pokemon for the trainers. Misty leaves Psyduck there, but in a sudden attempt to retrieve it again, learn that the center holds a dark secret. Chilling in the city, Todd, still with the group, takes some photos. Just as the four of them happily listen to a weather report on a large monitor, an ad plays for a Pokemon breeding center, claiming to care for and strengthen the Pokemon on the trainer's behalf with the power of love. In Japanese, it was originally referred to as a Pokemon daycare. I guess the dub needed to match some syllables, because breeding center, I feel, is a way worse way of putting it honestly, a little bit more skeevy sounding. The group decides to check the place out, finding a giant line. Misty comments on how nice the woman running it seems, Brock also crushing on her. And do you know why we're so popular? It's because we believe in love! We feel every Pokémon is lovable! We believe in Pokémon love power! Love power! Yeah! Love. Power. Misty then rushes up to the counter, angrily demanding that she be allowed to leave a Pokémon there, too. Her friends wonder which one she'll leave, and she plops Psyduck onto the counter. I want to leave my Psyduck here with you! It's so cute, don't you just adore those eyes? They're bright and bouncy as ping-pong balls! Yeah, and I wish I had a paddle. Misty also requests that they somehow make Psyduck less stupid and confused looking, with the clerk promising they'll try, as Psyduck is moved away on a conveyor belt. As the group walks away, Ash bets that Misty is just gonna abandon Psyduck there, but she says she's not that hateful of him, even refusing to trade it to Ash. The four then see a restaurant, and also see that there's a free all-you-can-eat buffet inside, on the condition that they show the chef his favorite Pokemon, a Psyduck! He even shows them a tastefully sexy picture of one, which Todd says he took. Rushing back to the breeding center, they see that it's closed. Misty, determined to get food, storms to a back door and asks to be let in, before realizing that the door is unlocked. Walking inside, they find the place is deserted. Checking one of the rooms, they find that it's pitch black, with Brock taking out a flashlight he's just carrying around in his pocket and the group is horrified to discover a room full of cages filled with depressed and cramped Pokemon. They then discover Psyduck, who seems more awake and aware than usual. I have to say, it looks a little smarter than when I dropped it off. Take a closer look. They just pulled its eyes back with tape. That's terrible! Seeing a cage be moved along on a conveyor belt, they watch and then listen into the next room. On the other side, it's revealed that the breeding center employees are actually Team Rocket members, who aren't Jesse and James this time. They're using the center as a front to steal Pokemon for their team and enjoy every second of it, clearly seen by their evil laughter. This breeding center was a great idea!
1: We, we believe in love power!
0: That's because we love power! <laughs> <laughs> Todd suggests that he take pictures as evidence, just as the boss congratulates his two lackeys. They all make fun of Jesse and James, and reveal that the two of them are named Butch and Cassidy. Remember these guys, they'll actually be relevant again at one point. As Todd takes pictures of the caged Pokemon, Butch spots his flash from the conveyor belt and moves to investigate. However, when he walks in, all he sees is Pikachu in a cage, making some weak and sad thundershocks, the group hiding behind a wall of cages. After he exits the room, the group prepares to leave, but Misty stops them, saying she needs to free Psyduck first. Just as she investigates the cage, they suddenly hear the window rattle and hide again. Through the removed window pane come Jesse and James, along with Meowth. Not being told that this was a secret Rocket plot all along, as they weren't really trusted to handle it, they think this is a legitimate breeding center and have come to steal Pokemon from it. While picking luck, not at all wondering why all the Pokemon are already in cages, Jesse and James are surprised by Ash sneaking up on them. Team Rocket thinks that Ash has finally turned to the dark side, and is trying to steal the Pokemon for himself. But after a bit of arguing, Cassidy and Butch catch both groups in the act, giving their own motto. You don't know who you're dealing with. But we'll be glad to show you. Prepare Prepare for trouble trouble and make make it it double. To infect the world with devastation. To blight all peoples in every nation. To denounce the goodness of truth and love. To extend our wrath to the stars above. Cassidy. Butch. We're Team Rocket circling Earth all day and night. Surrender to us now or you will surely lose the fight. That's right. Jesse and Cassidy recognize and insult each other, accusing the other of stealing their motto. Our Rockets realize they goofed up by stealing their boss's Pokemon in panic, fearing for their jobs. While Meowth tries to beg for forgiveness, Ash's group tries to just sneak away, but are caught before they can. Jesse, James, and Meowth also try to run while they're distracted again by the other group, but James stops them, saying he left a weeping bell there the other day. He finds it and sees that it evolved into Victory Bell, meaning Cassidy and Butch actually tried taking some small care of it. It then eats his head, sealing that as one of James's longest-running jokes. Due to the delay, the rockets have a cage dropped on them. Ash suffers the same fate, with only Misty, Togepi, and Pikachu escaping, hiding while their friends are apprehended. After stealing Todd's camera, Cassidy has Ash's group and their rocket rivals arrested, saying they were Pokemon thieves the whole time, Jenny not believing Ash's story. Misty sees all of this, and realizes the only way to fix it is to get Todd's camera. Wearing a disguise, she goes in to pick up Psyduck the next morning, claiming it's an emergency trip. When Cassidy leaves, Misty sends Pikachu to go find the camera, which he does. Good thing they didn't decide to destroy the camera and all its evidence or anything in all that time. Maybe they wanted the pictures themselves to put on their wall or something. Returning to Misty just in time, her and the Pokemon rush to Jenny. Meanwhile, at jail, Ash, Brock, and Todd plead their innocence, while Jesse watches them and James obsessing over his new Pokemon with a pure this-is-so-stupid energy. Jenny also does what cops do best, harass prisoners who haven't even been convicted yet. Thankfully, Misty arrives with the evidence just in time. After accidentally showing the wrong photos. These guys have been telling the truth, Officer Jenny. And these photographs prove it. Oh, what a cute little Pikachu. Huh? (laughs) Uh, Wrong pictures. Uh, Look at these. (gasps) Oh no, that's terrible. Jenny, realizing that she did what any police did and believed a rich business owner without any shred of doubt, believes the kids now. Team Rocket tries to hop in on this too, saying that they were also trying to help the Pokemon, but Misty snitches on them and they're left in jail. Come on, Misty, let them out. Rushing to the breeding center, Officer Jenny arrives to take Cassidy and Butch into custody. They send out their Eradicate, but Pikachu instantly KOs it. He then has Bulbasaur restrain the two fleeing rockets. Why Ash didn't just defend himself with his Pokemon the first time instead of choosing to run, I don't know. The new Rockets are arrested, Misty praises Pikachu for their help, and Jenny takes the group to the buffet they originally wanted, getting free food from Psyduck. The Team Rocket trio, complaining how bad prison is, dig their way to freedom. Todd then parts from the group at a crossroad, heading to the mountains for more Pokemon pictures while Ash's team continues to Cinnabar, saying farewell to each other as we close this adventure by seeing Team Rocket dig and argue right under our hero's feet. This is a fine end to Todd's trilogy. Considering how unimportant he was in the last episode, it's good to see him be a key part of the show again before he leaves. Cassidy and Butch are also pretty good characters. I really wish we got a bit more of them every so often, as like an occasional competent villain team compared to Jesse and James. Not permanent or very constant, just a little bit more reoccurring than they actually are. I know Gen 5 tried making Jesse, James, and Meowth more competent and scary, but I don't want them to be. I want a mix of silly, stupid villains and scary, competent ones. I think we get that with the enemy teams in later Gens, but with Gen 1 and 2, all we have are the Rockets. Either way, fun episode, good times for Had All Around, Riptod. Okay, up next we have a fun one, and it is... Episode 58, Riddle Me This. I wish I could roll my R's. Synopsis: Finally reaching Cinnabar Island, our heroes run into Gary, who tells the group the island no longer has a gym. The three are then overwhelmed and disappointed at how much of a tourist trap the island has become. Finally finding a hotel run by a mysterious riddle lover, the group are sent on a riddle-based search for the real Cinnabar Gym. Ready to get his second-to-last badge, Ash and his two friends ride a boat towards Cinnabar Island, with Brock telling the group about a famous research lab located on the island as well. While excitedly talking about his next gym battle, Ash hears Gary Oak dressed in a Hawaiian-looking vacation outfit, say something that is really funny when you remember that he's a 10-year-old talking to some roughly 16-year-olds. Don't worry, girls. huh? You'll all get a chance to take a picture with me! We then cut to Ash, timidly looking at all the boat passengers, worriedly wondering if they're all Pokémon trainers. Gary retorts, however, that trainers haven't gone to Cinnabar since Professor Oak was a kid, and that it's primarily a tourist destination and resort now. The only reason he's going is so that he can take a short vacation and work on his tan. Ash then proudly tells him that while Gary's tanning, Ash will be battling without rest at the gym. But Gary then smugly tells Ash that Cinnabar doesn't even have a gym, angering Ash further. When the boat docks, the trio look around uncomfortably, pointing out that it does seem really tourist trappy, and not noticing Jigglypuff following them off the ship either. Brock then also wonders why this island in particular has the most tourist, with a middle-aged hippie jumping in front of the group out of nowhere, saying that the answer lies within a riddle. The answer is a riddle. What do tourists think is hot and cool? Uh, huh? uh, I know the answer to that one! If you lie down in front of an open refrigerator and you wrap yourself in an electric blanket, you'll be hot and cool at the same time, right? Totally wrong. After Misty correctly guesses that he means hot springs, the hippie then explains that more and more tourists are drawn to the hot springs each year, having taken over the city and driven all the trainers away, declaring that he hates all of them. Which is kind of odd to consider since in the games, all the resort areas are filled with trainers wanting to blow off some steam with a good battle, so why is Cinnabar an exception? Ash then asks to be shown the gym, and after another riddle, The man points towards an old, dilapidated building, explaining that Blaine, its leader, got tired of battling tourists who had no real interest in the badge and abandoned the gym as a result. Apologizing to Ash, he then hands the boy a business card for the inn he runs. Misty wonders how a guy who runs a hotel could hate tourists, but Brock realizes and points out that the man has already vanished. The group then decides to head towards and check out the lab, but are disappointed to see it surrounded by souvenir stalls, angrily calling it another tourist trap. Just as the group decides to head to the Pokemon Center for rest and food, we see that Team Rocket disguise themselves as stall owners, trying and failing to sell cookies outside the lab. Their appearance here has no relevance, they could've just cut this whole part entirely. Arriving at the Pokemon Center, Ash's crew learns that it's completely full with Brock annoyedly grumbling that they were the only ones in that building that actually had Pokemon. Attempting to find room somewhere else, they learn that not a single hotel has any vacancies, and sadly return to the streets, hungry and tired. Ash is even so hungry that he begins to follow the smell of food to one of the hotels they already tried, staring at the silhouettes eating inside. It's then revealed that Gary Oak's group is the one inside, as he mocks Ash for being unable to find anywhere to stay, showing off his food, girls, and two Pokemon hosts, complete with hostess uniforms and wigs. He then offers to give Ash his leftovers if he spins around three times and says Pikachu, but Ash proudly refuses. Pikachu, however, is desperate and tries to do it before Ash stops him. Just as Ash's group is about to leave, however, Jigglypuff wanders into Gary's room. Our trio runs away in fear while Gary mocks them for their fear and sits down to watch the Pokemon. As a result, him and his girls fall asleep. Which doesn't sound like a bad thing actually since they're all having a relaxing vacation and it's been seen that Jigglypuff induced sleep is one of the most restful you can have. So it really sounds like this is the ideal vacation for him so far. Sitting on the mountaintop, Rocker reminds Ash about the Inn the Hippie from earlier run, saying maybe there's a vacancy there. Instead of an address, however, they are presented with another riddle, conveniently based off a landmark in the very park they're resting at. Misty then figures out that the riddle refers to a clock, pointing out a building with a clock on it and leading them to the inn. Thank goodness only one building on the whole island that can be viewed from that hill has a clock on it. As congratulations for solving the riddle, the Hippie gives them all free food and rooms. As a prize, I give you free rooms here at the hotel. Your riddles may be dumb, but your prizes are terrific! I guess I'll take that as a compliment, Ash. That night, at the Pokemon Lab, we see a group of Fighting-type Pokemon training before Team Rocket bombs the building from the roof! The hippie then gets a call as our heroes eat, and tells the three that the lab is under attack, right as Team Rocket nets and begins flying off with the fighting types. Making it in record time, the main trio sees the rockets escaping. Sending out Pidgeotto, Ash has Pikachu hop onto its back and fly up to the balloon, horrifying the rockets as Pikachu electrocutes them, causing them to drop their catch and blast off. Thanking Ash for his help, the hippie tells the trainer that Blaine actually built a secret gym, presenting the group with another riddle in order to find it. It's in the place where firefighters could never win. Resting in a hot spring, the group tries to figure out what the answer could be, with even Misty being stumped this time. Thankfully, Togepi, being the curious little rascal they are, climbs onto a Gyarados fountainhead and accidentally triggers a hidden lever, opening a secret cave and tearing down the barrier between male and female halves of the spring, causing Misty to scream and enacting one of the most cliché anime moments one could think of. After getting dressed, the group heads into the passageway, descending deep into the mountain, which is growing hotter and hotter. After Ash burns his hand on a giant metal door, the entranceway swings open to reveal a Pokemon stadium in the middle of the volcano's insides. Furthermore, the hippie appears at the other side of the arena, and after one more riddle, tears off his wig and fake mustache to reveal that he's the actual gym leader, Blaine! Interestingly, despite one of Blaine's key features being his large white mustache and bald head, this Blaine lacks both, I think because the very first official artwork depicts him with no mustache and receding hair, with the anime basing him off that art instead of the Pokemon Yellow version of his reference. Ash then challenges the gym leader to a battle, his companions warning him to use water Pokemon. Blaine sends out Ninetales, with Ash sending out Squirtle in response. Ninetales uses Fire Spin, with Squirtle trying and failing to counter with a water gun, being knocked out as a result of being hit. Blaine taunts Ash, with the trainer then sending out Charizard. Blaine decides to recall Ninetales and use Rhydon instead. But he doesn't have to worry about much as Charizard boldly declines to fight, Ash begging it desperately to battle, please! Blaine laughs and has his Rhydon use Horn Drill, but Charizard just leisurely flies off before the attack even hits, instead choosing to rest on a rock. With no other options, Ash chooses Pikachu as his final Pokemon. Pikachu is initially able to dodge Rhydon's attacks, but fails to have any electric attacks hit. Ash then encourages Pikachu to hit the horn like a lightning rod, and despite Rhydon being immune to the effects of electric attacks due to its typing, the strategy works and Rhydon faints after one thunderbolt. Blaine then chooses his final Pokémon, Magmar, which jumps right from the magma and into the arena. Having the new Pokémon use Fire Punch, Pikachu is able to dodge them at first, but then gets hit on the cheek, just barely avoiding the full brunt of the punch. Trying to zap it, Pikachu is upset to see that its electric attack was easily brushed off by heating the air around it into a shield. Dodging more punches, Pikachu is backed to the edge of the stadium, almost falling into the magma below. Magmar is then ordered to use Fire Blast, Ash insisting he'll figure something out. Right before, a blast of fire rushes towards the rodent, now caught between the attack and the deadly drop behind him. The episode ending as Ash screams out Pikachu's name. With the narrator making a really weird and poor taste joke. And so it's Pikachu versus the Volcano. Will little Pikachu be turned into the world's cutest lava lamp? Find out in our next fiery episode. I think this is the first cliffhanger we've had since the St. Anne trilogy, right? While this becomes increasingly common in gym battle episodes later in the series, since it's been used sparingly thus far, I think it's a nice change of pace, really showing the intensity of Ash's second to last gym battle in Kanto. Also I feel like Team Rocket was really shoehorned into this episode, just as a way to have both them and the Cinnabar Lab show up somehow. Like, they really could've just cut that scene, instead having Blaine tell Ash that, since he seems like a genuine trainer, there's actually a secret gym that Blaine reserves just for those that solve his puzzles, and the next one will lead you right to that arena. Doesn't break up the flow nearly as badly in my opinion. But regardless, that was a fun build up to what a lot of people consider one of the best and most memorable gym battles from the early series. Hello, it's intro Ryan again. Did you miss me? Because I missed you. Thank you again for listening to today's episode of I Want to Watch the Very Best. If you enjoyed what you heard today, I would very much appreciate you telling your friends or telling a stranger or just even just following me on whatever service you use to listen to me. Just follow, subscribe, whatever your service tells you to do. I don't know what it does. Services are weird. They all use different terms for the same thing. Just whatever lets you get updates about the next episode, so you can listen to all that hot Pokemon action you've been dreaming about. And with that, I wish you, dear listener, a great morning, day, evening, night, Outside of space-time, even. Whatever. Just have a good one. Goodbye.